0: Okay, we're live. Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates. On today's show, I have a very special guest, returning guest. His name is Visigoth. He's had many great shows in the past. One of them, and different names, but one was uh, Beyond the Grassy Knoll. I that was, I was one, really one of his early listeners, and he was one of the people who had me on the show when I first published my first self-published book back in 2010. But he's had great guests, and you can see if you're watching this on Rockfin, you can see the archives that I've put up. Uh, Somebody sent me a lot of his stuff. So 600 episodes. Not all of them are are accurately titled, but you can just kind of see some of these names that I I, he's done shows on Orwell. He used to talk to this guy, Paul Sandu. I used to listen to those all the time. Ken Thomas, people might know that name. But I've just published some of his older stuff. Intermittently, I published something recently about Columbine. It was Rolf Zaschner's analysis, I think in 2006. And that was just the anniversary. What was it? The 30-year 30 anniversary, 20, 35, 25-year anniversary. I forgot. But um, I will put links to Visigoth's old shows. So the four archives of 150 shows each. So if people are interested, I know that people are listening to them, uh, but you can also just look through uh, these links that I'll have in the show archives. But I just invited him back on, just to kind of talk to her and about these shootings that went on as Alan. It's kind of general madness that's happening really in the united states <laughs> nothing like i've ever really seen so
1: amazing america cost.
0: yeah welcome <laughs> back to the show
1: no, thanks very much and yeah. it's good to talk to you again
0: yeah likewise it's always good to talk with you people may not have known your background maybe you could just do a, a brief bio and kind of like all the shows that you did like you did so much jim mars and so many great guests you had um you know, well Down. You know, and...
1: yeah <laughs> Dave, uh, boy, uh, we've said it before, I, I still miss him. Me too. He was, uh, he, was I, I really envied him because he was the kind of person who had the knack of just having people like him. He, you know, he wasn't a suck up or anything like that. He just was a blithe spirit, you know, that he just, you know, he couldn't make an enemy if he tried to. So, you know, for him to go when he did, he was a busy guy and, um, uh, I'm sure that didn't help his, his health at all, but, uh, well, yeah, they're still,
0: had... they're still talking about him today on social media. There are like riffs on him program to chill is like a big podcast. So there's like, people are still going back to that book and revisiting it. Like I see it on my social media all the time. So his influence kind of lived on. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I had, I had, um, Dave on like maybe once or twice a year, but I did it like through a couple of years and we actually, I wound up doing the, the last interview we ever gave uh, with Michael Adams out of Ohio. And that was kind of, oh, well, it was very bittersweet. Because you knew it was the last time you're going to speak to him. So, uh, but anyway, I mean, you know, I, I've had two lives. I've had a work life, and that involved communications, um, mostly print. Uh, in fact, when I was doing the, the, the live show at, F, uh, at W, um, sorry. When I was working at St. Leo University, and I was doing a show with two uh, stations in Dade City. Um, can you hold this for a second?
0: Yeah, yeah. Hold on. Can you lift up your mic too? Can you lift up your mic when you're talking? It kind, of, I kind of feel like a little click at least on my end.
1: All right, I'm sorry. It's
0: okay. I think your mic is one of the. Um, Here we go. Kind of like uh headphone. Oh, it's
1: wise. right here.
0: Yeah, yeah, just pull that up. Just hold that while you're talking. It's right there. That's it. No, now I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Now I can hear you. Just when that when that rubs up against your cheek, it kind of makes a little bit of a connection. So you kind of have. Oh, to hold
1: okay. It yeah, like you're rubbing a microphone. Yeah, that's, um, cool. yeah, that's yeah, better. Just keep. There you go. Put your fist down because that's what's doing it. Perfect. Try that. All right. Is this any
0: better? Yeah, much better. Much better.
1: All right. Where was I?
0: You were talking about McGowan and some of your later shows. You were working for a university down there and doing two shows. Yeah, Tampa. All
1: right. We'll take it from. uh, I was at Saint Leo University, uh, working in the, the library. And what was so fortuitous about that? And this is what helped the show. And that was, we got three donations from deceased history professors. And they had some very interesting interests. And I saw what books were uh, uh, deselected, if you will, from the batches that we had. And I'd go through the racks and um, I'd find the titles that I liked. And especially if there was you know, it, some of these people were alive still. So, um, so that helped me uh, as far as, like, doing the show because there were a lot of people, a lot of authors who weren't ever heard. And even, like, our library decided not to put them out there because, you know what I mean, it was too conspiratorial. And it's like, well, so much, you know, this stuff about freedom of e- expression is baloney. There is no freedom of expression. Somebody's always a gatekeeper, no matter what. So don't tell me because you don't like, you know, what the what the take is, that uh, that's okay to to uh, excise the book. So um, anyway, that's what happened. And um, again, back to the other side, um, having the um, we we started, uh, John Mao and I started uh, a pirate broadcast. Um, and I forget what we called it. It was a half hour. We did it in the basement of St. Leo because he worked there as well. And um, after a while, I don't know, he just kind of lost the interest. So at the same time, um, FDU, I keep saying FDU because I went to FDU, Fairleigh Dickinson University. Um, DCF and ZHR were twin stations that broadcasted out of Dade City. And all of a sudden, some time opened up. And I figured... I might be able to afford it, and I did a one-day-a-week, Friday, two-hour show, and that, that, that had a lot of highlights. There were a lot of great people on it, and of course, all the other shenanigans that occur when you're doing something live like this, but you know, so that, that, that's where I come from. I mean, uh, most of my time I spent in Florida the last 24 years, and after that, uh, before that was in Jersey. So, I mean, I did a little radio when I was in college, you know, doing a two-to-five rock and roll thing. So, was, you know, passing the night away. I always wanted to do that because so many crazy people call in. And, and they did. So, I uh, I did that there and I did it also up in Castleton State in Vermont. Um, but that was always a side thing. That was never, you know, a, a bread-winning bread uh, kind of job. And so, um, once I got interested, and this is kind of strange. I, I was driving around in Florida on a Saturday afternoon when everybody's listening to Florida State or University of Florida football. And I tuned on my, this station that I would go to, DCF. And they were carrying GCN, the whole lineup. And this is like, oof, 2001, 2000, 2001. And I started listening to Alex Jones, of all people. And I got curious because, I, you know, some of the things that he raised, questions, I did, I, I also raised. You know, and I'm like, oh, you know, I can understand this. And so I started listening to him. And when I was at work, like most Americans, uh, I'm sure, are um, spending a lot of time on a computer at work with things other than work.
0: Yeah, I think so. Podcasting listening to shows i get those emails all the time oh man i listen to your work oh, i'll listen to this before i leave work so we're getting uh some knowledge some additional knowledge or something else but yeah Go ahead.
1: <laughs> well unfortunately i listened to him uh into 2002 and then i just said this guy's bogus he raises a lot of good points but i mean he's just you know, without having to explain this, because you you tell uh, one of the uh, Jones neophytes that, you know, you don't like him and they go nuts, you know, and then they get like 1,017 year olds to write in and tell you how much you suck and all this other stuff. So it's like you can't even begin. But it, it dawned on me that he might be actually, shall we say, being used as a distraction. Like everybody listens to him, but nobody does anything. You know, and, and and he said some things that I was like, whoa, he, and he got thrown off DCF for a while and was made to apologize because of the remarks he was making about the president. This is before I got there. So at any rate, that's how this all came together. I never would have even gotten involved in this conspiracy stuff had it not been for uh, not been for listening to him. Um. And also, I mean, I did like history, and so it it was a natural. And um, I think I told you once upon a time that I did an independent study project for graduate school. And I did it on mid-50 sci-fi writer's view of the 21st. Because it struck me after reading all these books, which was because of this project, and I'm saying to myself, why is everybody, to a person, portending doom and gloom? And I'm talking about Philip K. Dick, uh, Orwell, um, Huxley, Bradbury. I mean, there isn't a lot of ho-hos out there, I mean, when it comes to this kind of thing. But, you know, if that's the truth. And it hurts. Guess what? It hurts. That's it. That's the way it goes. And that's why I stayed with it. And there came a time eventually when... I mean, I started getting a little tired, and I stopped doing um, interviews and basically having my last say, and that's how that wound up. Um, so, you know, I. It, it, I mean, that's that's. I don't know. Let me ask you something. What what is it? What is internet radio? You know, the stuff that you do and I did. I mean. It. Is that a shrinking uh, group of people, or?
0: Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. I think that the uh, corporate media has discredited itself, so people are looking for alternate things. I don't know how much change this kind of information makes, but I do feel like people are getting kind of uh, they're they're able to criticize the current system through kind of the underground. You know, podcast community that hasn't been censored. I mean, the censorship over the last under under Biden was incredible. Like, I got kicked off of YouTube, and uh, where else did I get censored? Facebook, Twitter was censoring me until Elon Musk bought it. Bought it. But uh, I think that the alternate media has way more. I don't know anybody intelligent who listens to or or references corporate media. So I think that really the kind of culture decision make. Uh, the uh, top level thinkers are not on the corporate media. So I think that that's what's happened. That may not have been the case, but, um, and there's different varieties and everything like that. I mean, different stripes. I think it's just a very, there's a lot of different genres and a lot of things going on. Not everybody kind of is. I'm much more similar to you, but uh, there's like comedy shows and, relationships and all kinds of information so i think that it's really you know from the old days of abc nbc cbs you're in a completely different environment of like people putting out stuff and finding very kind of micro audiences i would say mine is you know so uh,
1: i mean i did it because i believed in it and i i ran it honestly um i wasn't trying to make a living off it and as a result, I didn't have to, you know, jump to anybody's uh, commands and uh, didn't have to take orders from anyone. I did what I wanted to. And that you know, pissed a lot of people off. And there they went. But that's the way it goes. I mean, I, I'm still de- defending what I did. Um, but I found out that there was such a, a fragmented audience and they all had, had had to have heroes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's like okay yeah. look you know i'm not your hero i don't want to be your hero so go find someone else to, to you know to be a Cinca fan too because it's not happening here and I, of course i got crustier as i got older and kept doing it so
0: how many episodes do you think you you produced oh. or put out about two thousand how many episodes i i mean my first guess would
1: be say like a thousand
0: thousand because I have 600. I think there's more. I just haven't I haven't been able to kind of... Yeah, they,
1: they float around all over the place. Yeah, I can never find mine, but that's...
0: All. <laughs> I mean, you've done all that stuff on Orwell. You did that with Gordon Comstock. You had Joan Mellon on. I mean, just... There's some great ones here. People get a chance. Go I'll tell, you, these well, I'll tell you
1: what. Joan Mellon was, was an excellent guest. Very vivacious, you know. um uh I remember the first question I asked her was, Joan, do you only do autograph uh, uh, autobiographies of uh, men over six foot six? Because she had done uh, something on uh, uh, the Indiana coach, Bobby Knight. Uh, Bobby Knight, right? She did a book on him, and she did a book on Garrison. Right. So, right. now you take a chance when you don't know anybody really, and you you open up with that. But she fielded it, you know, and off we went, and nice. she was just. She, an excellent excellent guest um i tell you though too i mean there have been disappointments like i i found a book in the collection of um the ones i told you we got at uh saint leo's and it was called the ominous parallels i think i've mentioned it yeah, the End of yeah. Freedom you did a full America.
0: series on that yeah
1: yeah it had to do it alone because and, and this is what you know i look they're human beings it's all right but um I like Peacock's book. I mean, he wrote it in 81 and was prescient. I mean, you, what he wrote, you, you see it's happening right now. And I go to contact him because he was still a professor at Hunter up in New York City. And I asked him if he would come on and said, well, let me see your website. And I'm like, okay. So I just gave him a link and all that. And then he comes back and he says to me, he goes, well, you know, I'm, I'm, um, I'm really very busy lately, you know, and, and uh, don't have a lot of time. And I, you know, I said to him, I'm going, yeah, but you probably were in that condition before you asked to see my website. So come on, you know, you don't want to be on, I'm not big enough. That's fine. So, I mean, I never, somebody wrote me and said, well, why don't you try to ask him again? I said, look, you lied to me once. I'm not going to do it. And that doesn't, you know, jade his work at all, but that's just the way it is. You know, some people want to do it just for cha-ching and I can understand that, but that, you know, that's not what we were about. And I was, I was pretty lucky to have been working at a university, and having um, myself associated with two radio stations because everybody thought like I was like a bigger guy than I was, you know, <laughs> you know, like I was like a professor or something. If, if I didn't have that St. Leo email to go ahead and write um, invitations to, I don't know how many people would have come on. gave <laughs> so, that, that you an,
0: some gravitas, yeah. <clears throat> And, um, and as
1: far as, yeah, you know, we did some series on Orwell and on Huxley. And we um, also, I, I don't want to forget these people too. Eric the Blacksmith uh, did some great stuff in a series also. When we, and also Eric the Goldsmith, who was very astute with um, science and, and stuff. I had known him for quite some time and never met him, but I mean, you know, we've been in touch for some time um and he turned me on to uh, a person uh boy he was a he was a christian uh All he standing? was single oh. he was listening to myself and um also the author of the book uh the Star that astonished the world and also, um, Velikovsky, all about the, the beginning of the of the world and sorts. But what he did is, he only had been on five times, um, but he wrote a book. He didn't write a book. He wrote a, a big essay. And in it, he stated, given what he read in the three works or, or the several works by the three men, he said that you, you know, millenniums don't start in 2000. They start in 2001. Centuries and everything start in the year one. Right. They don't, the, the, all the zeros. They make it in the, the 22. The, yeah, okay. So he said that given all that he could put together at that time, and it was really getting to him because it was like, and you know this for a fact with some of the work you did, when you look into the abyss, the abyss looks long into you you know i mean it, it can get a little bit hairy and um, and and he stated that 911 the event on that day of 2001 was the beginning of the last millennium and it would be satans and he actually i guess you could call it if you look at 911 a lot of bad things happened to jews especially and 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 he stated that uh, that was more or less what I would call uh, an anti-happy birthday to Christ, because Christ, um, a- according to this, uh, the, the one author of The Star That Astonished the World, he said, is from all the Martin? information is I can read Morgan? from the Bible and other so- so- associated works, he said Christ could not have been born on any day other than September 11th. And he wrote that book in 94. So, I mean, I knew that Ronnie, Ronnie Lee Claxton was his name. Ronnie was shook up by it, by what he was getting involved in. And I hate to say this because it doesn't, I mean, he's a good, good kid, but he committed suicide and he did it on Halloween and I, I don't know, I still can't make any sense of that. But honestly, there must have been some other things going on. But at any rate, um, I thought that what he wrote, I mean, and the things that he stated, and why, you know, he said, you know, um, that this was fulfilling uh, what the Bible uh, also spoke of. Now, people think that Christ was born on in March. It's usually spring is is... The one that's associated with, you know, not being Christmas, because Christmas is not his birthday. Am I uh, r- rubbing you wrong with that? Or no, no, okay? I'm
0: just all ears. Go ahead. <laughs> I've heard. I've kind of heard this before. Nine eleven. It's not uh, the first That line. book
1: is on on the on the net. Right, you're talking um,
0: about the one by Ernest L. Martin, right?
1: Yes, Ernest L. Martin wrote that book. Um, do you have the copyright on that?
0: It's 1996, at it least. Okay,
1: listed. it was 96. All right, same thing. But, I mean, in other words, it wasn't guessing after. Thank you. I appreciate that, mm-hmm. sending it along. And, I mean, he, he was very meticulous about what he wrote. And, I mean, he, he was very clear. He said Christ could not have been born in any other day than on September 11th. So, you know, And that's something that I think about all, not all the time, but, you know, believers know that the the time comes to an end. I mean, when Christ returns, I mean, that's that's game time. Um, And things are going to lead up to that. They're not very pleasant. But at any rate, I mean, I look around now, what's going on. And I'm, you know, I don't know where we're going. Something's up. I, that's, I mean, I, what, what do you think? I mean.
0: Well, I, I've never seen anything more sinister. This whole like bio, pharma, um, pharmaceutical, medical tyranny of the last two or three years was off the charts. And nobody was accountable. So uh, I, I'm afraid of what they're going to do next. I mean, I think that was a full on bio assault on humanity. So uh, what do you mean really COVID? Yeah, COVID, and the, I think the COVID was tampered with. I think all the evidence that came out, it came out of the lab, and that the shots were poisoned. They were totally useless. The only goal was uh, to maim and kill people, absolutely. Well, as
1: soon as that started to happen, I mean, what I was hearing from Fauci and the CDC, which you can't trust any farther than you can throw them, and I'm like, you know, I, I, I'm trying to believe this guy, but something is just not right. And then on the Internet came all these immune, immunologists who were talking since about how the the, uh, the disease wasn't purified. I mean, they didn't really give you any straight information about what it was. You know, it's almost like the magic virus. It can be anything they want it to be at any given time. And, you know, they're stating that this thing was, was transmitted by, you know, airline travel and all this. To me, I think there were separate releases in certain areas and let it go from there.
0: Totally agree. Um,
1: but here's an example of how what, the medical community, it's amazing that you should mention that. To me, they're getting more and more fascist. I mean, no doubt. there isn't a, a thing. I mean, I, I've never taken medications in my life. Now I have to take a few. Now they take a look at my quote numbers and it's like, well, you know, you're a little high here, you're a little low there. And right away it's like, well, we can give you some statins and all this other stuff. It's right. like, wait a minute. You know, and I mean, that but that's all they know. The doctors that's would all they know.
0: With, huh? That's all they know. Statins have a very, very tiny incremental benefit, like one to two percent. Whereas if you go for a walk every day, you're probably getting five or ten percent benefit. It's a statins is a total one hundred percent scam. Totally useless. I mean, it's not. And, it's just for them to make money. Yeah, it's just. It's
1: well, this is it. I mean, it's like they come. <laughs> I remember. Um, it was a sports show of all things, and, and there was a round table discussion. And his line came out of one of the sports writers. He says, "And this was like twenty years ago." He goes, "You see what's going on today?" He says, "They're creating cures for which there are no diseases." You know, right? <laughs> he, I mean, I've, some of the so, stuff that I see. I mean, what is that?
0: Yeah. And it's Fauci, demonic, should, be you Fauci huh? should be in jail. Fauci should be in jail. Fauci should be in jail. Walensky should be in jail and so should Gates. I think Fauci has been poisoning the American public for like 33 decades at least.
1: Intentionally, well, all, those woman...
0: kids, all those kids you see walk around that's called autism. I think they're all have been kind of their lives destroyed by this. His whole uh, injection. Uh, Vaccine regimen. damaged. Absolutely. Intentionally. I think so. It's well, ho- a, kind of like a, a woman... poisoning holocaust.
1: Well, there was a woman that came out who actually worked with him at Fort Meade. And, and she, you know, she called it what it was. I mean, she knew them, she was on that, their side at that time, trying to make a vaccine to kill Castro or something like that, you know, and now she's where she is and and can't bite it. And they're like, well, aren't you into, why aren't you into like vaccination? She goes, I'm into anything that, um, that, what did she say? That, um, um suppressed disease. But if it's you know if it's garbage, I'm not into it. And man, did they come out all over her? And she had the creds because she worked at Fort Nate. I mean this is no fly by nine individual. And boy do they go after her. And and I'm like they go
0: after everybody. They'll go scalp you. Uh people don't know the public doesn't know that Fauci knows about bio warfare. That should scare the living daylights because on this public thing it's like I'm N I A I D or whatever it is. know i'm I'm the institutes of health but he knows about biowarfare so i think he knows about applying the uh warfare agent and the cure so super sinister guy man really one of the great murderers of all time a monster just a total monster people can't figure him out they don't get it no he's not supposed to be
1: figured out that's just it they keep him at a distance and he becomes this kind of like shadowy figure that pops out every so often and proclaims, you know, the disease has started again and everybody goes running like crazy. I mean, it's, 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 it's. Well, let me ask you something. Did you ever um, read the book, uh, Dr. Mary's Monkey?
0: No, but I'm aware of that. Yeah. Oh, there's that a goes, good example. That's Oxner, of, right? Yeah. Huh? Isn't it Oxner down in um, Louisiana? I don't know. Okay. Tell me about it.
1: No, it's just the fact that. This is how, personally, I think vaccinations don't work. I think they're just, you know, if it hits the wall and sticks, it's okay. But in, in honesty, I think it's, it's been a canard ever since they started it. And here's a case of where, in this lab, they were making uh, vaccines. One was to, honestly, kill Castro. a, sax- a Vaccination, assassination. The other batch... Um, was being made uh, for um, polio. The test animals were both monkeys, two species. I think one was an African and the other was a green or something like that. Well, anyway, they were scraping the cells of cancer off the infected monkeys and getting it mixed in with the other. And the author claims that they put out 100 million doses of of bad vaccine and because they found out that it was that way there was another 100,000 they were ready to release and they were afraid not to in order to bring light to the fact of the boo-boo they made with the first 100,000 so 200,000 doses of bad vaccine went out and I took both of them so I mean because there were there were two there was one by injection and there was one by sugar cube so, I mean, there you go. Right from the very beginning, you've got bio warfare and medicine sitting in the same room. Right. right. That's probably a good mix. In fact, I don't even like taking Bayer aspirin.
0: <laughs> right. I don't either. I'm very distrustful of anything. I don't trust anything that's even in those pills. They've taken apart some of the pills and the casings, the casings have, uh, what is it, metal oxide or some kind of oxidant. Like they, they're they dosing some of these medicines with other things. So everything's toxic. But or was that the one vaccine that they had SV40, the uh, the simian virus in? Was that the one that you took? Because I, I know that see. they 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 found that this most recent shots had the SV40 uh, insert in these ones. These so-called, you know, COVID vaccines—they're really a kill shot. But yeah, they they they're they're tinkering tinkering around with all this. Imagine being on the other side. So you're the guy who takes the shot, but imagine being the guys who has all the lot numbers, where those lot numbers are going, all computerized, all you know, scribed through like Palantir or something. You know exactly who's taken what, who's where it's going. I mean, the power is off the charts. You can just dose whoever you want and kill off families, and that's what happened. Whole families got wiped out by this last uh, dose dose thing, and some families didn't. Some people are like, yeah, nothing happened because they got a saline shot, so the government had incredible power, incredible power.
1: Well, I mean, you can see how medicine now may be used as a tool to increase fascism. Right. I mean that they could get that kind of um, hysteria going and getting people to turn on people. It's almost like something out of the early Star Trek, you know. <laughs> and I, the other thing I was I was thinking about. And this is just an aside, but it has struck me as I've driven down streets that the modern hospitals, the modern schools look more and more like the modern prisons.
0: Right, they have this
1: monolithic, very, you know, sterile exterior. And you know, it just doesn't look very inviting. I mean, in the old days in hospitals, you know, they had some architecture going for them. You know, it was something that didn't look so bleak. But now it's like, you know, ye who went you know.
0: <laughs> Yeah. Give up. Yeah. Do you know what the number one cause of bankruptcy in the United States is? Medical bills. So, like, they're just turn you upside down and take all your money. And probably maybe uh, in medical malpractice, I think, is the, in the top five uh, causes of death. Some of these people are just, yeah. A lot of those people are in there just for money anyway. They don't care, care about your health. Like all the really good ones probably have to leave because it's all just money driven. Well, it's really gross. grotesque, man. We're in bad shape. U.S. is in really bad shape.
1: I, um, I was tolerated by a group of men I used to meet every so often in this local uh, restaurant. And, man, they couldn't wait to get their shots. And, you know, so I didn't know how to play it. But I'm like, are you sh- sure you want to do this? I mean, it's just come out. It hasn't really been tested. Don't you think you might want to let a round go? But they were so, you know, go by before you you take it. Uh, But they were so in fear of getting COVID, you know, that they couldn't wait. So, uh, you know.
0: Do you know anybody who was injured or or died from the shot? Not died. um,
1: Probably maybe a dozen people. Who had decent um, cases of it, uh, and I, yeah, and this is like speaking to them, not being told, like through the media, how bad it was. Uh, they said it kicked their ass a little bit, mostly respiratorily, but you know they got through it all right.
0: That's
1: good. Uh, but you know the numbers, you know what they were doing with the numbers anyway. They were inflating the false positives, yeah. and so they made it positive when they took anybody who went false positive was considered positive. So they automatically became cases. Anybody who was going into hospitals in some places, I don't know if you heard about this or not, but I mean, they came in with something other, and got marked down as, as uh, COVID because uh, they were getting money per patient. And then they vented, and they got even more money for that. And they get, you know, they get real
0: money, five figures, six figures. Do you know who Rob Skiba was? Were you aware of his name? No. Yeah, he was kind of kind of in the alternate Christian community, but I think he was murdered by that. Like the bills that they gave him were like in a million dollars, and they just put him through the ringer, gave him bad drugs, remdesivir, vented him, and he died. He was healthy; he was in good shape, according to his wife. So a lot of people got murdered by the these hospitals, like it was like a Michael Crichton movie or something, or book. Like it's incredible.
1: Well, well that's the thing. I mean, there there may still be a website uh regarding vaccinations and i can't remember what it is now they were keeping track of like all the um iatrogenic uh cases around the country um but nobody ever hears about the the, the bad stories i mean that that just doesn't happen although it did sneak out a couple of times and what's really funny is that it became a, a, a very obvious um in sports when you had a couple of high-profile players that didn't want to get jabbed, and some that did and got the disease anyway. I mean, I, I used to watch the ticker and ESPN go across, and, I mean, in, in that one winter, it was like, you know, so-and-so uh, has a COVID uh, but was previously injected. <laughs> you know? Right, so, right. Yeah, you know, so I, I just – I just think they're a bad idea. And the fact that they are, I don't know if they're going to try to mandate it in the future. Some tells me they will. So, uh, you know, it's just some that they're going to try to make you, uh, you'll fail to escape it. So that's what frightened me a little bit is that, is that what it's come down to? And, you know, you would think that the government would step in and say, right. "Whoa, slow down here a little bit. The guys like Bill Gates and all them, uh, But that doesn't happen because, you know, they're in the show, too.
0: Yeah, no, it's scary. And they haven't stopped. They've never admitted any fault or anything like that. And the, the you know, the, the numbers that are going through the actuaries are much higher. So I think that the all-cause mortality is up about 15% in the United States from the date of the shot, not from COVID. So it's, right. it's all tied into. And what some researcher, his name was Denis Rancourt, said that like 4 million people in India died from the shots. Like 4 million not 400,000 not 40,000 but 4 million that's a huge number
1: I try to sell somebody and and i know this it sounds crazy to him i'm going look these cats are depopulationists yeah. and as most of the world's uh, nobility uh, yeah. are they don't want anybody around except enough you know slobs to do the wet work And, you know, it makes me a little uncomfortable that somebody who's a depopulationist and who is generationally a depopulationist is involved with making sure that the whole world gets injected because he's just a nice guy.
0: Right. He's doing it for his own benefit, for your benefit. They all are, right? I mean, they were getting kickbacks and Fauci doesn't even have to disclose his kickbacks. He literally told Rand Paul, it's none of your business and there's nothing Rand Paul could do. He had no teeth. No horns, nothing. He's just like okay, and that they found out there was like at least four hundred million Moderna kickbacks to uh, NIHID well, or whatever it was. Yeah.
1: I, I excuse me. I was reading Newsweek, and then they were covering some outbreak of uh, measles. I believe in a Kentucky high school. Uh, I, I think it was that, and they were making a big deal about it. And they said that the outbreak. Get this that a that hundred students were stricken with the, the um, with the measles and 70 others were affected so I wrote to I found out who the editor was because uh, she was working for a newspaper out of Mississippi so she was doing a desk job for Newsweek and she wrote this article and I'm looking at it and I'm saying to her I, I wrote back to her I I didn't I did it nicely. I just said listen can you clear me up on a couple of situations. One of which was, how did the other 70 get infected? In what manner? Did they get a bloody nose because somebody else had the disease? You know, did, did they, uh, you know, get, get ill from sympathy for the others? How do 70 people who don't get infected get affected? You know what I mean?
0: Right. It's so strange. So
1: she wouldn't write back. And I wrote and I said, listen, all you're doing it's taking the PR that you're getting from whatever agency, the CDC most likely, you put a spin on it, you slap your name on it, and you put it in the Newsweek. Now, Absolutely. Newsweek in 2006 cracked me up. Again, being in the library, I see this uh, Newsweek that's on the desk, and it's got this nurse's face. You can find it on the net. It's got this nurse's face close up. And all you can see, she's like, you know, down here, up here. It's almost like it's a burqa. and she has her eyes agape, like, "Oh my god!" And and the headline on the on the book's, uh, magazine's cover was SARS, right, in big letters, an exclamation point. And I'm like, I cracked up. I thought it was a, I thought it was like a, a magazine, like The Onion, or something like that. Right,
0: that's funny. That's funny.
1: and I'm like, they, so you see, they try to run that that, that gambit then, and it just completely fell on its face. And so they tried again, you know, somewhat sixteen years later.
0: Oh, they've been working on. If you look at all the uh, pandemics that have supposedly come out before, they've been working on it since the turn of the century, going all the way back to Dark Winter. They just didn't have the kind of uh, traction that this one did. I think the propaganda, the internet propaganda, for the SARS-CoV-2 was much better like all the Chinese people dying and everything like that. I actually think it was a real virus, something, you know, that was tampered in a and a got out. I never think I told, you know, I told you, if you remember, like I was really sick, I think in January of 2020, I was wiped out by something I'd never, it didn't feel like any other illness I'd ever had in my life. It was the sickest I've ever been. Like I was out for a week. I was literally just sitting there coughing and not eating. I couldn't even eat a little small piece of, uh, a like mandarin orange like even that was hard that that's unbelievable i have pretty robust constitution But that yeah, i'm
1: not saying nuts. it wasn't a nasty virus not at all um i, I definitely think the lethality was pumped up <clears throat> and um that, that there was i mean something was going on but it wasn't as bad um as predicted and we we've already stated that but there's also an interview with an army nurse, a female that was a sergeant, retired. She came up from Florida, where there wasn't any COVID, and she said she did it because she wanted to help out in New York, where there was such a um, an abundance of obviously cases in in certain hospitals. And then she, and she came on, and she and she's the one that said it. She goes, "You you private um, facilities." Smaller hospitals were treating it with, and you've heard of this, vitamin C, what is it, vitamin D? Um, I forget what else else it was, but I mean, it was simple stuff. And they were turning people around and getting them out and getting them, you know, healed. Um, and, And she said they were using ventilators left and right, and the ventilators were killing the patients, mainly, I think, because the oxygen content is too high. You know, I'm not all that versed in it. But the point was, she was saying, you don't have to vent them. You vent them, you kill them. So, yeah, I think
0: it was an 80% death rate. If you're everybody knew, if you made it to the ventilator, your chances of getting off of that thing were very, very low.
1: Well, she was told that the reason they were venting and not using like high doses of, I can't pronounce what that thing is. I mean, people have heard it.
0: Hydroxychloroquine, um, ivermectin, those things? Right, and, and, and they to...
1: said D, and I forget what else. And that the cocktail was getting...
0: Is, yeah. there was I mean, zinc, zinc in... certainly
1: doesn't hurt neither to see. Yeah, yeah. But um, th- she was told that the reason they weren't doing it, it was because uh, the New York governor uh, had ordered something like 35,000 units and you can imagine what that cost. So he wanted to make sure that they used them, so, you know, that they made a profit. So there you go. And that's what she was told. Um, she she taped um, doctors and, and nurses um, about what they were saying. I mean, she, she had it all down. And, um, you know, I, eventually she went back down to Florida, but I just thought, you know, it was kind of, a ballsy move on her part to come up you know and s- s- put yourself into this this uh um maelstrom of disease and um and this is what she comes to find so
0: all right it was like deliberately mismanaged for cash the whole thing was all about money the cares act and all that it's just disgusting what they did just total but, monsters yeah
1: and he also got the 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 um uh, the mileage out of making a mandate without any kind of government involvement and just saying you're all doing this—that's scary. I mean, that's that's a, that's another step towards fascism, where you're all going to do this or else, you know?
0: Yeah, Trump. Trump said like, "Oh, I just I uh, trusted my advisors," and Fauci rolled over. Man, Trump got worked by almost everybody in Washington D.C. He like let well, every <laughs> the intelligence agencies the health agencies, everything. He was just a, I mean, it's all bluff for that guy. But the reality of him is that he is, he's weak, man. He's totally weak. He didn't know how bad these people were.
1: When I heard, I I haven't voted since 2000 when I realized that that election was rigged. And then the, the next one was rigged as well. They just used another state with a lot of electoral votes, Ohio. Um and just as an aside, I think this is very interesting. In 1876, there was a contested uh, presidential election between Hayes and Tilden. Well, Tilden won. He wasn't supposed to win. He was a Democrat. So what they did was they made three impartial, supposedly impartial uh, legations, and they sent them to the three states where they thought there was um, errors. One was South Carolina one was Florida, one was Louisiana, all right? That was the one we had in the 2000s. The states they went down to in 1876 was South South Carolina, Florida, and Louisiana. So (laughs) I'm like, this this is too good to be true. And and anyway, in fact, with with the uh, Tilden-Hayes election, when Hayes was finally uh, um, named the winner, the federal government was afraid and got prepared for a second world war, uh, civil war. Wow! They didn't know what that was going to happen. And the, and the head of the uh, the legation in Louisiana that found the supposed uh, mistakes was James Garfield, who would be president <laughs> four years later and last about what two months before he was shot.
0: <clears throat> wow. So he knew, how to r- by- he knew how to rig it. He knew how to figure it out to get in the huh? next time.
1: <laughs> but, uh, but, I mean, when I heard that Trump was running, I'm like, no. I mean, he's like your drunk uncle that you have to bring, you know, the Thanksgiving dinner. He, it, this can't be. I mean, you can't be taking him serious. I mean, he's got a raccoon on his head. Doesn't it tell you something? So, anyway... He gets elected, and the Republicans think he's the greatest thing. And I'm going, this guy's a – I mean, I lived in, across from the, from Manhattan. The guy was a blithering idiot. Are you serious? And then they follow up with somebody just as bad, Biden. I mean, this guy doesn't even know where he is. This is disgraceful, having these kind of people in office. I mean, think about it. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I we mean, used to
0: have some people with some intelligence – some gravitas, some education. I mean, Biden and Trump together, man. And Harris is terrible. She's a total idiot. I mean, she's embarrassing. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I don't even know how she got into any positions of power because she, did, she didn't do it on her own merits. None no of way. Them do. Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, it's already decided before it happens. I mean, you may not agree with it, but I mean, to me, all they do is run this dog and pony show. It's already been decided. And the person that they selected to be president is only out there to sell the script. Whoever's best fitted to do that. I mean, uh, here's another example. I mean, when when Jimmy Carter ran, they had just gone through a travesty with the Republicans, right? You get two, you get a president and vice president kicked out of office. I mean, it was an absolute mess. And you got Gerald Ford in there, which was daily fodder for, for. for comedy especially when he had a a golf club in his hand so carter is a georgia governor but he's also a charter member of rockefeller's uh trilateral commission ain't that interesting Hmm. and so he gets groomed and you know it was already decided it was going to be carter they had to do that anyway just because people were not going to put up with any more, you know, shenanigans by the, by the Republicans, right. and then after he fell on his face, like Biden will, who do they bring in but Ronnie, who didn't know where he was either most of the time? Right. Ronnie, Re- so Reaganomics, true. are you kidding me? Yeah, when did this guy sit down with the calculus? I mean, come on,
0: and you no, it's people... really strange we don't have like a history of very strong maybe all the way back at the very start of the country, but uh, post maybe Eisenhower. I mean, wow! We got some. Incri- I mean, some incredible With what? presidents, but just like the kind of like they're not—they're not very strong characters. They're not the strongest characters. They're well, a when, lot
1: of, when I came in, I, it, was, it had to be Ike because Ike was going to be when he, both parties wanted him. And all they told Ike was, "Sit down, be quiet, don't touch anything, and, and it'll all be over in eight years." I mean, he—he yeah, he didn't do anything right, and then he goes out. And in his outgoing speech, he talks about the um, uh, military-industrial
0: complex. Yeah, military yeah industrial.
1: right. It's like, now you tell us, huh, like, You know, good. Yeah,
0: yeah. After it's over and after you've, like, overthrown, you know, five countries around the world and caused untold misery and suffering.
1: Well, I mean, there's footage strange. of him trying to sell the, the, the Laos situation or whatever it was. I mean, it kind of went in stage between Laos and eventually in Vietnam Cambodia. But um, there's that. I, I think I told you there's a video out there. Um, oh, hearts. Oh, I hate to do this.
0: What was it? A video of what? Like another politician? It was.
1: In a, it was a documentary on Vietnam
0: oh. and, and the canard
1: that it was.
0: Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's a. I mean, there's a lot of problems in Vietnam. Vietnam was a disaster.
1: Well, they got they they got icon. And he, I mean, he says in in, in a news conference, um, if you expect to continue to get the supply of what did he say, tin and like titanium or something like that, well, when we're going to have to, you know, be in this war, I mean, just to go and say it's it's about the minerals and the heroin. Let's not forget that. Uh, oh, so anyway, man, modern history. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's it, this kind of stuff. Just is is par for the course. All this kind of corruption and mismanagement but, and too big government. It's just too much. Like,
1: but how listen. I, I, I've I've been aware of elections since 1960, and I stopped voting in twenty uh, in 2000. But the thing I can't understand is, I started getting to the point where I'm like. How can people hear the same uh, promises every four years, and then the next four years, it's the same campaign promises? What does that tell you about what got done in between those four years? Nothing. And people don't get that.
0: Nothing's changed. nothing
1: infrastructure changed. is still corrupt still
0: crapped. look at our trains. it's like they it's like a a toy train thing. I mean, they fall off the tracks all the time. Well, I mean so, it's really so, true nothing changes. That's probably the title of this uh it's gonna be the t- the retitle of this episode is Visigoth on to tell you nothing really changes. it's all talk. I gotta wrap it up. unfortunately, I got another interview in about five minutes. I'll have you back on next week whenever you got time. we'll go go for a part two if you're up for it
1: all right listen thanks for the time
0: yeah stay stay there stay there stay there